0: Hello, and welcome to the Clutch Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, manager of the San Diego Armada. With me, I have Paul, manager of the Fed Wheezy Fusion. How's it going, Paul?
1: I am well. How are you?
0: Uh, I am, I wasn't well, but now I am almost well. So, pretty good, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this episode, uh, the we're gonna talk a little bit about players, actually a lot about players, and that is because the uh, official Clutch Baseball League has just entered the playoffs, which means we have trimmed down the number of teams from twenty four to now there are twelve in the playoffs. Uh, both both of us are sitting chilling, got a first round bye, and so I uh, went through all of the teams, all twenty four teams. Uh, ran the numbers and put together a list of the most rostered players. And I did all uh, the uh, all nine, all eight positions. Um, plus, I did a utility category, basically uh, um, a handful of guys that um, people used in a variety of positions. So, I thought we'd kind of go through uh, position by position, uh, talking about some of the players we see um and our thoughts um, on the most popular players that were rostered in this, um, uh, in this league. Interestingly, both of us combined, I think, only have, you know, there's only a couple players on this list that both of us use. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see uh, what we both think of this. Let's start with Catcher, which I... Feel like I had a strong like take on the catcher position at the start of the league when we were roster building, but now in hindsight, I feel like I was just right, and it like wasn't that interesting of a um, of an opinion to have. Uh, but my my hot take was basically you either pay for a good catcher or you should just platoon Austin Hedges and Andrew Kinzer and everyone just platooned Austin Hedges and Andrew Kinzer, and they were the two most popular catchers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that qualifies not as a hot take, not even as like a lukewarm take or a room temperature take. I, I believe that is about as cold, but not freezing cold. I, I I don't know. Is freezing cold like a bad take? So then I guess it would be like, a non-existent temperature take.
0: I feel like, like it, it might really have been like room temperature at the time. It might have been at the time. It might have been room temperature, but I feel like it very quickly was yeah, like a, just a whole cold take of like not. Nah, that's just a normal opinion, man. Did you? Uh, did you use uh, the Austin Hedges Andrew Kinzer uh, combo?
1: No, uh, I have. So the first half of the season, I used. Austin Allen as just kind of like, cause my first team was just like the R the all R plus like meme team. And so I just ran Austin Allen as my, my catcher. And then like Hedges was there on the bench because he's cheap, but whatever. And then now I have Tyler Stevenson cause I'm in Cincinnati and now I have Hedges and Kinzer on my bench.
0: I I think I mean obviously he's a minimum salary catcher with max defense. So even if if even if that those are his only redeeming qualities, I you basically have to bench Austin hedges. Even in that after like the next set release or two of sets and like there's more minimum or cheap like bench options, I think you just always would have to have to have him. However, the thing I like about Austin Hedges is, is A, he naturally homers, and B, he has positive three clutch, which coming off the bench with positive clutch positive three clutch, like, yeah, he has nine outs, so he sucks with a nine on base against lefties, but hey, if you got a 12 on base against lefties and can naturally homer, you know, I mean, you know, get a powered eye and like, you know, just rip it and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is a situational thing that he can be useful for. Uh, You have to have pretty bad batters in the back of your order to consider wanting to pinch it for them. But if you have them, like, Edges has everything except for the part where he can hit. Other than that, he's great.
0: Yeah, which tracks with how he plays actual baseball. Um, I mean, Kinsler is kind of in the same mold, like he kind of sucks a little less, but he still is, I mean, he's 35 points, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you how well either of these two have done on my team, other than to say, like, that not many stolen bases happened, and I don't know, like, they're fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have them, and you hope they don't suck completely
0: you hope for them to do something special. And if they do, you go, that was a great use of 30 points. <laughs> yep. That's about right. Okay. So let's move on to first base to one of your BFFs in IRL. Uh, the man named after a country, Ty France. He has 12 on base. R plus one plus three clutch can play. He has max defense at first base uh, seven outs, Doubles at 18, homers at 21, 365 points. I liked him, and I probably, he might have made it onto my team, except he's kind of slow. He has 16 base running and 17 stealing. And for my stadium, which is New York, I kind of wanted a little speedier guys than him. Um, But as a whole, I like him. I think he's an interesting card, and it makes sense why people
1: use him. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the number in the middle of the card is, is big. And usually when the number in the middle of the card is a big number, that means the guy is good at hitting. So usually you want, you, you know, if you have a choice between the number in the middle of the card being small and the number in the middle of the card being big, usually you want the number in the middle of the card to be big if possible. So basically what I'm saying is the big numbers good
0: it's a very I can that's a uh, very a concept that is easy that and I can grasp and appreciate so I, I agree um, yeah, I mean,
1: he, he gets on base he has plus three clutch which you know is interesting for a 365 hitter he's probably I would say about kind of the fringe where you might feel comfortable putting him in the top four. You might want to hit him five, depending on how much you're spending on your lineup. So that plus three clutch can be useful really in either of those positions. But you know, usually I want that positive clutch at the top of my lineup. So that is like one reason I sometimes don't have him on builds is like, okay, do I really want one of my best hitters to be, like, pure on base 365? Because, like, ideally with his chart, you're like, okay, he gets good on base, he should lead off, but then do you want a plus three clutch guy leading off where he's not going to have any runners in scoring position when he hits, you know? So and also he's not super fast, so that kind of
0: plays yeah, into the so rest
1: of too. It gets really tricky, which is why I think ideally he's probably a five hitter and you use him as like, okay, you know, I got all my dudes on base, it's a five hitter. And I think he's really, really good for that role. Um, And so, yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Like, I think in general, we saw these new sets and I think a lot of players rightfully so said, okay, all of these hitters are going to have pretty glaring weaknesses. I would like to get on base some please.
0: And it's interesting because I'm just kind of looking through the el- first base eligible guys here and he's definitely not in the top tier. I would say he's definitely like in that second tier of first baseman. But if you look for me, I I really liked like a Brandon belt and a Connor Joe um, to me are like just really some of the, two of the better, you know, uh, first baseman you can get. And both of those guys are 465 and 450 points. So yeah, I, I think he just fits nicely into that. He's not a super cheap, but he's not insanely expensive. Um, and to your point at that price, generally you, you'll have some leeway where you can slot him in the lineup and still build, you know, other stuff around him.
1: Yeah. And the righty R plus one is nice. I, I, Definitely had some points where I was looking for those guys. And that's how I ended up with Connor, Joe, on my team was I wanted a righty R plus one hitter. And, you know, because normally the righties are L plus, generally speaking. So that is a little bit of a rarer trait in a hitter. So that part is nice, really, really nice, too.
0: Let's uh, we'll go to, go over a second base now. And we have two Dodgers on our list here. We have Mm. Max Muncy and Gavin Lux, and this is a really interesting pairing here uh, as the two most rostered, because you have Max Muncy, who's 495, basically an elite second baseman, first baseman, or even third baseman, if you choose him to use any of those three locations. And then you have Gavin Lux at 235, and... A kind of bargain. Definitely not cheap. Definitely not, definitely not platooning him. But definitely on the cheaper
1: side of things. It's interesting. I think Muncie is like. You weren't sure what you wanted to do. So you just got somebody who was pretty good at everything. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can basically hit him anywhere. And he'll be able to do that job pretty well. Like he's got good on base. Not like. You know, he's got five outs, so it's not like three outs, It's not, but it's not seven outs. He's got 17 doubles, so it's not like 15 or 16, but it's not 19, right? And he's 20 base running, 19 stealing, so he's not super fast, but he's not slow. So I think overall, like, you're getting just an all-around player who... He will never be bad for the situation you need him for. And there's value in that I think he's just an all-around very solid player Lux I don't I actually am not sure like I guess the reason for Lux is the base running is why because he's cheap and he's 22 base running now well, 235 is semi-cheap and I guess that's why he's in here I guess I'm I'm not entirely sure why else people are rostering him other than he's a decent fielder and he's kind of fast He was never really on my radar, not because I think he's bad, but just that's never really what I was looking for. But, you know, maybe somebody needed, maybe people need um, middle infielders and they don't have a lot of points left. And so when they're in that situation, this is the guy they go to. I'm not sure.
0: Uh, Lux is interesting. I mean, to me, maybe also the uh, 10 R plus 2. I mean, to a lot of people look at it like, oh, I'm getting a 12 on base guy for 235, even though that's not exactly how the math pans out, but getting a 12 on base guy a reasonably often amount of time, like that's valuable. The other thing I was noticing too is both of these guys are plus three fielding. And I feel like there was definitely for this league, there was a definite change because there wasn't a coming off of the last league where you had that huge giant set and you could just completely maximize defense in this set. You absolutely can't. Um, so seeing, I, I remember when I was building my team, I was looking for a three plus three, uh, second baseman and to see both these are plus three. I wonder if that also comes into effect too of like, oh, well they're, um, they're not, they're max defense only because there isn't a plus four in the set yet. I almost wonder if that has a little bit of a effect in choosing both these guys as well.
1: Well, they're max defense because we changed second base to only be plus three. Um, But yeah, like that's a good point. I never really considered that because that's just like, not how I build it all. But I totally, the more you think about the more you say that it totally makes sense that I think a lot of people prioritize fielding and I get why it's never, it's just never been something that factors into my team building. Like I'll just look at the end and say, is the fielding? Okay. Okay, cool. But I know a lot of people build thinking, okay, I need to get 10 fielding or whatever. And so with that in mind and the fact that we don't have a max shortstop, so We don't have a plus five shortstop yet. We only have plus four. So that means the plus three guys at second and third are more in demand. And also the plus two at first, which makes Ty France make more sense. Um, Yeah, that makes a lot more sense as to why these are the guys getting looks. I don't know if that is a great philosophy as far as individual players go. Like, I think if you're saying I need a max defense second baseman, and I also need this person to be a good hitter. You should probably just focus on having a good hitter that fits your team and then try to tweak your defense later. But I get that line of thinking, and that totally makes sense as to why this is being built this way.
0: Let's uh, move over to third base. And um, I guess you know we'll kind of see. Going off that, we have three third basemen here. We have Abraham Toro, Manny Machado, and Jose Ramirez. And both Toro and Ramirez are plus two third baseman defense. So I guess that makes sense. People want to make up for it in other positions.
1: Um, What do you think about these three guys? This was interesting. I think Toro is probably the one of these three I've looked at the most. Just because when you're looking at that lower price range of third baseman, I feel like there's not that many. Like, I've definitely looked, like, once you get below 200, things start to get a little dicey. And that switch hitting cheap hitter is kind of stands out a little bit. And so he's definitely been someone i looked at as like, man, you know, you slot him in there as like the seven or eight hitter, and he's at least annoying to the opponent because he's a switch hitter and you can't, like, totally get your pitching bonuses on him. Like, that's not bad, right? Like, I'll take that. Like, it's a guaranteed opportunity to play see it clearly. We like, you know, we like that. I've definitely looked at him a few times for that. Um, so I get why he's there. And he's got a natural homer, which is always always nice.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the other third baseman around him in price, and he's the cheapest with the base 10 on base um, and he's pretty quick and he has a natural homer, which others have around that price point. But yeah, he's interesting in that sense
1: for sure. Yeah. The big number good.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, Manny and Jose both feel very, it uh, feels like they should be there, right? Two big name guys. Both have some icons um, you know when you're talking we haven't even discussed this in any of the prior players yet but when you're starting to talk about factoring your stadium into things like you know both Manny and Jose like if you really want to take advantage of your stadium having good players there helps so I'm sure both Manny and Jose that helps them as well in that sense
1: yeah and I think that is likely what we're seeing with Ty France and Jose Ramirez with the plus three clutch. There are a fair number of stadiums that use that positive clutch. So if you're looking for players who have plus three clutch to use your stadium, there's not exactly a ton of options out there of players with who are good hitters and positive three clutch. So um, that makes sense as to why those guys kind of stand out. Jose Ramirez is really fun. Like, Obviously, in real life, he's having an ungodly, amazing season, and I can't wait to see what that looks like in Clutch if he keeps this up, but as far as this card goes, like, it just gives you everything, like, you sacri- Basically, he's like Muncie in that, like, he gives you everything, except he's just a little bit better at all of those things, except for the batter's chart-outs. So he's just a little bit faster. He just hits a little bit more power. He has more clutch. He has the L plus one. He's got a couple icons. Like all that stuff is really nice. 23 stealing is enough that he can be a stealing threat if you you face a low battery. I don't think that's going to come up super often right now just because everyone's using Austin Hedges. But in a scenario where people aren't using Austin Hedges it's nice to have that just kind of like as an option. And yeah, like I think he's, he's really fun for just somebody who does a lot of everything. Um, And Machado, he's got the plus three defense at third base, which I think that's a big reason people are rostering him. They see the plus three third base and they see he's a pretty decent hitter. For four hundred, that's enough to get you where you you roster. Him. So I think that makes a ton of sense. Interesting.
0: All, interestingly, all three of these guys have L plus uh, for their on base modifier. Um, I don't. You, you mentioned earlier you did a uh, had a lineup that was all R plus. So I don't know if you have negative feelings about L plus batters, but
1: no, I don't. I just. I thought that if everybody was running good pitching, that there'd be a lot of righty pitchers out there, just because that's what was available in the elite pitching category. And so I just built R plus, but it only kind of worked. So I went away from that. I, I have no problems with L plus hitters.
0: All right, let's move on to shortstop. And, uh, to your, uh, you mentioned this earlier, but there was no, you can get the max defenses plus five for shortstop. However, in this set, there is the, the highest was a four. And I think there was even only a couple of fours. Um, and both of the shortstop we have here are actually plus threes. Um, and they are Francisco Lindor and Hanley Ramirez. Um, Francisco Lindor, twelve on base, um, three hundred twenty-five points, naturally homers, plus three shortstop is fast-ish, nineteen base running, twenty stealing. Hanley Ramirez is a one of those in the elite category, five hundred sixty points, twenty-five base running, twenty-five stealing, uh, All Star icon, slugging icon, eleven on base, R plus two, four out chart, natural homers. Um, I actually rostered Lindor, and he did really well for me. Again, I have New York um, Met stadium. Uh, Lindor, I believe, is one of the cheapest 12-on-base guys in terms of price. Um, I think he might be like in the top five cheapest. Um, so that, I think, is probably the solitary reason. That, and he has plus three those two combines probably are why everyone uses him uh, along with, you know, the natural homework, good batter chart. And he's pretty quick. The Hanley Ramirez one though, I was shocked that he made it at the top here. Um, Although we were talking off air about this and how it felt like in a lot of cases, it would be, there'd be one or two guys that had, uh, had a bunch of rosters and then, there would be like a ton of other guys that were just rostered by one. Um, So I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I think Hanley was used rostered by at least three teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you want a 560-point player, you don't have a ton of options. If you want a 300-point player, you have a ton of options. So I guess when people looked at their elite players – Hanley was one of them. I mean, it probably helps that his card is beautiful and it's 25, 25 base running and stealing, which is just fun. And, you know, I mean, I love the RR plus he was on my team to begin the season. And he unfortunately didn't make the cut for the second half. Not really because it was his fault, but just because that's how it went down. But he fits a very specific... He fits, like, five different specific boxes. Like, he's really fast. He's got a great chart with four outs. He's got the all-star icon, which, if you wanted the all-star icon, he's one of two hitters who has it. So, kind of have to have him for that. Um, and I think, also, he's he was a really fun player to watch in real life, and I think people love using cards that remind them of players that they love to watch.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the four outs on his chart plus the 16 double and natural Homer, like that, his, that sense, in that sense, his chart is just obviously there's better versions of charts, but in this set specifically, like four outs, 16 double 20 Homer, like you are not upset at that at any price point. Um, so yeah, I think in, like I said, beautiful card. He was a, uh, a prize card from the polar power league. Um, so yeah, all around cool looking card for sure. Interestingly, both of these guys had negative clutch. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, two great cards, in my opinion. Uh, let's move out to the outfield. We'll start in left field. um, We'll, we'll start with the guy that you were a big fan of last year and who has, who const- is constantly, when referred to on the Discord, uh, is memed. And that is, my name is Jeff McNeil. Um, I have him rostered. He is uh, 12 on base, uh, can play second base, third base, left field, right field, uh, 17 base running, 18 stealing, six outs on his chart. Uh, doubles at 18 homers at 21, 345 points. Um, I love him this year. You loved him last year. I think you still love him this year, but just not enough for him to make it on your team.
1: Yeah. I mean, this year, my team is like, I think it's six Cincinnati hitters. So I didn't have exactly a ton of room for Jeffrey McNeil, but, uh, we'd love, we we'd love Jeff here. This is a pro Jeff podcast.
0: Absolutely. I was looking at, uh, older versions of Jeff, uh, like 20, uh, the 19, the 2019 set and the 2018 set, and he has other fun cards too. So yeah, I think, I think he might've snuck up on us a little bit. Um, <laughs> talking about small sample sizes, uh, my Jeff McNeil was leading the league in homers with seven last I checked, uh, which is funny because he has 21 plus Homer. So, um, All hail small sample sizes.
1: I think we're going to have to have a word, and I'm going to need to investigate your uh, private communications with DiceBot.
0: (laughs) So the other left fielder on this list uh, is actually a platoon, and his name is Johan Camaringo. He's 80 points. I mean, the most 80-pointiest player you've ever seen, nine on base, R plus one. He's a switch hitter. 17-17 uh, for stealing and base running. Can play a bunch of positions pretty well. Uh, nine outs on his chart, 16 doubles at 16, homers at 20. Um, and his platoon partner is a guy who made it on the, in the utility spot on this uh, list. Uh, Mike Brousseau. Um, I think this is like a pretty decent platoon. Um, This definitely isn't a set uh, where you're going to want to platoon three or four guys. uh, Unlike you could do that last league with a giant set, you could basically platoon half of your lineup really successfully. But I think this is might be like the second best platoon you could do or your second best option maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think you have to use Johan in a platoon. Like, I think every time he was on it, he was on a fair number of teams that I built. And every single time, the reason why was because I got to the end of my lineup and I had less than 100 points. And I was like, well, I have all of these guys on my bench already. And I need somebody who is less than 100 points. That gives me, like, five options. This guy plays five different positions, so he's probably eligible for the position I need somebody to play. Oh, he's a switch hitter. That's not bad. Okay, cool. Let's let's toss him in there. That was, like, 90% of the time he was on my team. Um, So I, I think he is being used as a platoon occasionally in... Left field and left field makes sense because he's a plus three there as opposed to plus two or plus one everywhere else. Um, so, like, I think you can use him as a plus one. I think he also is just like, if you have less than a hundred points, your options are extremely limited. And he is a guy. He is a guy that exists.
0: He is one of two players under 100 points that can naturally homer. So that kind of makes sense too. Let's go to center field. And I wasn't exactly surprised when I saw this guy make this list because I feel like I had to face him all the time in the league. Uh, His name is Tyler Wade of the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, Nine on base, R plus two. He bats lefty, positive three clutch, uh, 23 base running, 21 stealing. Uh, Can play a bunch of positions, but really you're probably going to play him center field. He has plus four, maybe right field at plus three, maybe third base with plus two. Uh, Five outs, um, singles between 12 and 20. Uh, and he's 175 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have Tyler Wade on my team. I love Tyler Wade. Um, His main purpose, I think, and the reason why he gets rostered a lot, is he's 23 base running for 175 points. So if you're looking to use slap hit on somebody, which I know that I and a lot of teams are, then he is about as good as you're going to get, unless you want to use Elvis Andrus and his one shortstop defense, which is disgusting. And I never want to see ever again. Um, And he's really versatile. Like I use Tyler Wade as an enabler for a very optimal Owen Miller, Josh Palacios platoon where against righties Wade plays center field and Miller plays third base and against lefties Wade plays third base and Palacios plays center field. So like you can use him for that in like a lot of situations just because of the versatility and plus three clutch here just feels like, I mean, ideally I don't really want to use cold blooded on a player with, 21 double but i mean listen if i gotta do it i gotta do it it's nice to have that option if at you least need a
0: single you know or if you need a guy to not get out it's not your worst option but yeah
1: no it's nice to have i i didn't you know i i don't think you're rostering him thinking all right when the chips are down low you know who i want up there tyler wade like i don't think anyone's rostering him for that reason but i think you have him there as like well you know it's it's an option. Like he can be there. So I think having him at the bottom of your lineup and being able to have him on base when you turn over your lineup is so nice. I can't count the number of times I've just put him on base and then had the top of my lineup hit him in because he's 23 base running. Um it's so nice. I love it. He's awesome. I love his card.
0: The other thing too is with the change in the clutch moment rules, I think that also helps too. In that you can now use some more clutch moment cards, and you know we've only we've talked mentioned cold blooded a few times here, but there's other you know clutch cards where you can then use of like, do you want plus three to the swing with Tyler Wade? Well, yeah, because then now he's down to functionally a three out chart, and even with the regular die, he then could hit a homer. And, you know, all these things. So I think that might be a reason why people roster more too, because people correctly assumed that there was going to be a bunch more clutch moment opportunities to where, you know, his plus three, you're not like necessarily banking on it. And he's, you don't want him, like I said, you maybe not necessarily want him up uh, as the guy where you're like, okay, good, I can play clutch, uh, cold-blooded, but as just another cheap guy, um, with a decent enough chart with plus three, he's a very intriguing option. Let's, uh, shift over to right field. We have, uh, th- uh three guys at the top of this pile here and uh, they're all super expensive, so I don't think any of these are particularly surprising. Uh, we have Joey Gallo, Juan Soto and Kyle Tucker, um, I mean Juan Soto's card is just nuts. Uh, Twelve on base, R plus two, four outs, doubles at eighteen, homers at twenty. The uh, R and slugging icons, uh, eighteen and eighteen, for his base running and stealing. Um, I mean I don't know what else you want from his chart. Maybe a little more defense. Maybe not negative three clutch, but for five hundred and sixty, that's. That's a pretty insane card.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the main reason I wasn't rostering him was just the negative three clutch. I don't love because if I'm rostering Juan Soto, I mean, I want him batting in clutch moments. And so it kind of sucks when I can't, you know, I can get penalized when he's batting in clutch moments. But, you know, I do think there's legitimacy to saying well how many cards can i really get punished on am i gonna not roster juan soto because my opponent has like two cards that could punish me for it and maybe they'll have those cards at the right time you know so i i totally get that line of reasoning and it makes a ton of sense his card is obnoxiously good like it's just disgusting so this dude gets on base. He's awesome, so I totally get that.
0: Uh, if my count is correct, there are a total of eight players that can get up to a fourteen on base in this set, and Juan Soto is one of them. So, you know, another good reason to like him. Um, Joey Gallo, uh, you know, sea ball hit ball far. Um, he is also really good defense. You could play him left center or right, uh, right field. He has plus four center and left. He has plus three defense, very fast on the base paths, 22 base running 20 stolen base. Got the gold glove icon, which is fun for CTW. And then the Homer icon, which is fun for generally just mashing homers. Um, I, and he's only 420 points.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's getting rostered because people want the plus four defense and or the gold glove icon, but then they also want a good hitter, so how many options do you have there? Like, like if you say, I want a gold glove player, and I also want that player to be a good hitter, how many options do you have of gold glove players with good... Hitting like there's not a ton of options there. Does Tommy Edmund count? I I mean, (laughs) I like Tommy Edmund, but it's a different kind of good hitter, yeah. Uh, so it makes a ton of sense, and he's also fat, he's also pretty, pretty quick, pretty quick,
0: yeah. The 12 on base, R plus one. I mean, again, for 420 points, like your two big negative here are his negative clutch, which see the discussion we just had about Wadden Soto and also seven outs on his chart. Like, um, uh, yeah, he just is super interesting to me. The, uh, third guy in right field is Kyle Tucker. Um, again, another fast guy with good defense, 11 on base, R plus one, five outs. Uh, and I just spotted why everyone rosters him, uh, doubles at 14, uh, homers at 19, Uh, 560 points.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see that 14 double and start drooling a little bit. That makes a ton of sense. And you, you know, I think people are looking at him because they want the max defense and they think, well, man, that 14 double looks pretty nice too. I kind of want some of that.
0: All three of these guys are like really solid, like, you know, I don't think you could go wrong taking either of them. Um, and like I said, the, the I don't know, maybe it feels like I don't know, defense was just a little weird this league. And I feel like in a lot of times you would get a good batter and then you'd be like, oh, well, his defense kind of sucks. So having both Gallo and Tucker be both max defense in right field, like it kind of makes sense of like. You almost need, especially in the outfield, you almost need one max defense guy, right? You basically, with J- Gallo or Tucker, you could basically then get uh, a center fielder. You wouldn't necessarily have to have him be a max, so you could have a three or four s- center fielder. You could have Kyle Tucker, Joey Gallo, bam, you're already at seven. And then you don't have to worry about the, other, the left fielder, right? The left fielder, if, if you wanted, could have a one defense uh, or a two which then kind of opens up your options more uh, as well. So I I think that kind of makes sense that, you know, there have been rostered a lot.
1: Yeah. I don't think you have to have a maximum defense outfielder. Like I think people build that way and I understand why I think people have always built more towards defense than I think is necessary. Like, I don't think a, a max defense is bad. I just don't think it should be a requirement. Um, cause like, I think you can get, you can find yourself in situations where you say, I need a plus four defensive outfielder and you end up making a lineup that isn't, doesn't work super well together. You know, it's like, well, I didn't have any options. I had to put three lefties back to back to back because I needed that plus four outfielder. Right. Whereas I feel like it's better to just say, okay, it's okay if I have a plus two or plus three outfielder. Like it's not the end of the world. But I get why people build that way.
0: Yeah. uh, I agree with you on that one. It feels like defense is one of those tough ones because at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to blame their defense on giving up runs. Because, oh, well, I had a, you know, X defense and it didn't, wasn't able to throw out, you know, so and so and so and so. Um, But then that is ignoring that your pitching sucked and then that's why you had a bunch of guys on base and you had to keep relying on your defense. Um, So it's interesting when it comes to defense because I, I mean, last year I was on the crusade of like battery doesn't matter. Like pick whoever you want as a catcher and if you like them as a batter, go with it. Like it, just, it just doesn't matter enough. And obviously, infield defense and outfield defense is a little different than that because you're. It's a lot more run saving. There's a lot more direct run saving in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think my I might have had some of the lowest defense in the league this year. Um, but that was largely in part because I wasn't super worried about having a ton of people on base, so I didn't value the need to you know save those extra runs. Let's, uh, finish this. I I did a utility position, which was basically all the guys that had large numbers of being rostered, but they weren't always rostered in one specific position. They were kind of all over the place. Um, so I just put them down here. Uh, the first one is, uh, Jace Peterson. Um, I had him on my team. He, I rotated him out. Um, uh, halfway through the season, as well, part of it was he got crushed on the small sample size. He was batting like one thirty-eight or something like that. But then also, two, I just realized I didn't need to be spending three hundred and forty points for a thirteen on base, seven out, twenty-one base running, twenty-one speed guy to be my like number seven hitter. But I still really like Jake Jace Peterson. Can play a bunch of positions. Max defense at first. Could play him in left with plus three defense there. Um, Another 21 homer guy, only negative one clutch. He's fine, I guess. I believe he's the only 13 on base guy in the set. He is the only 13. Uh, Any thoughts on
1: Jace Peterson? So I might have said this before, but there are a lot of numbers on the card. There's like a ton of different numbers. You have to look at all these different numbers. There is one number that is bigger than all of the other numbers. It's in the middle of the card. It's right where you look when you see the card is the biggest number. And it is in the most central location. And for Jace Peterson, that big number in the middle of the card is a good number.
0: Where would you put him in a lineup? Cuz again, that's where I kind of struggled with him and where I kind of felt like he didn't fit into my team. Where where would you put
1: him in a lineup? I think I would have to hit him lead off. He doesn't have any power and he he's just an on-base guy and I don't need good clutch at lead off. Like I think that's pretty much what he's for.
0: Could you make an argument for like sec- uh second, first or second spot in
1: lineup or? You could. I usually like more power when I'm at my two hitter though.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. I'm just thinking if you have like a even speedier guy ahead of him, than that. Yeah, I could see that kind of playing. But
1: I mean, I you know. could. But he has a lot of walks, so it's like, what am I? That is true. That is. What true. am I doing here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely like said. I just kind of naturally threw him in there, like, yep, big number, good, fast, cheap ish at three forty five. Like, let's do it. Yeah, and um, like I said, he ended up my I, my lineup composition with him got weird and always just felt like he was just towards the bottom of my lineup. And I was kind of like, I don't know, like it doesn't feel like you're doing anything useful down here, bud. So uh, he uh, he got got chopped in the uh, lineup shuffle when I needed a few extra points. I was like, well, it looked like we we're going to take him out. So let's move on. We have Jared Walsh, uh, complete opposite. Uh, if you want a complete opposite of Jace Peterson, uh, I feel like you have Jared Walsh and he's the next on this list. Uh, eight on base, R plus three, plus three clutch. Not great deep fielder, plus one first base, plus one right field. Uh, four outs on his chart, 13 double, 18 homer, 360 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is a card. That chart is delicious. Um, it is very enticing. He was definitely on a number of builds. And I think, you know, I love him as like a three hitter where you're like, okay, You know, I tend to build my three hitters where I'm like, I just kind of want a dude who's just kind of a YOLO three hitter where like my, I I, I tend to build with my best hitters at two and four. So, you know, for me, when I say he's my three hitter, I don't mean in in the traditional sense. I mean, in like the Joey Gallo type of role of like, okay, he's probably going to get out a lot, but sometimes he's just going to YOLO and hit a home run. And he's got plus three clutch, so if he happens to come up in a situation where you have runners on in scoring position, you, you got a way, you know, I mean, talk about of players you want to add on base to or add to the swing to, like, I mean, this is at the top of the list when you look at his chart of a 13 double, 18 home run, like, You know, and I think if you are leaning towards the R plus, and I don't, I know a lot of people tend to want to lean a little bit more into the R plus. So if you are doing that, uh, that eleven on base with that chart is very appetizing.
0: Uh, For me, I always get stuck at you have some of these guys with low on on base numbers, and like for three hundred sixty points, like. It's kind of funny he's right next to Jace Peterson on our screen here because he's twenty he's twenty points more than Jace Peterson. It's just so jarring to see thirteen on base, eight plus three. Um, yeah, but it, like like you were saying, like that chart is insane. And yeah, every chance you get, you're gonna want to be triggering that plus three clutch. Like you said earlier, there's a bunch of stadiums that are clutch based. Um, so I, I could see him being a monster, but I just struggle with that sort of middle part of the card, uh, and it being 360 points, but yeah, the 13, double 18 Homer four outs. I mean, pull, not a fun time when you get on his chart, if you're the opposing manager.
1: Yeah. I think the difficult part is when you're approaching 360 points, that's kind of on the border between somebody you want to be one of your elite hitters and somebody you don't. So like Walsh can't be your, one of your two best hitters. Like he can't, like you're not going to win if he's like your best hitter with eight on base. Like that's probably not going to work out for you, but With 360 points, that's a little expensive if he's, like, your third or fourth best hitter. So you kind of have to have him in that specific role. But it seems like other people have been building a little bit more balanced with their point spreads to where it makes sense to have him as your third or fourth best. Like, if you're building a Stars and Scrubs lineup, he probably doesn't make it on there because you don't have any points left after your top three guys are all 800 points, but we can't really do that right now. So he kind of makes a sense as like, okay, this is my third or fourth best hitter. And he's just going to mash when you get on this chart have fun.
0: We talked about shortstop earlier um, about how there's no plus five shortstops. So for me, it's entirely unsurprising that Ha-Sung Kim made this list um, because he has plus four defense at shortstop, plus three defense at second base, and plus two defense at third base, and he's 130 points. Um, He has five outs on his chart, doubles at 15, homers at 20, eight on base, L plus one, negative two clutch, like, it just makes sense he's on here, right? Like, if you were looking – if you want good shortstop defense for cheap, your two your two options are Ha Sung Kim or um, uh, Newman from Pittsburgh. Those are, those are your two options.
1: Yeah, I really like Ha Sung Kim. He made it on a lot of my teams, especially the ones where just, like, at the end of the day, it was like, okay, well – I got my lineup, and I don't have a shortstop. I guess I'm going with Young Kim. That was basically how he ended up on a lot of my builds. He ended up on my build this time, but whenever he entered my roster, that was why. And He does that job very well. He's a cheap guy who plays good defense at shortstop, and he's not an atrocious hitter. That on-base isn't very good, but the chart's decent, so you know, you could do worse. Uh,
0: Yeah, especially because Kevin Newman, I believe, is 100 points. And he has 11 on base, but his chart is like nowhere near as good as Ha Sung. So, yeah, it was interesting to see that uh, Kim made it, but Newman didn't. All right, we're going to wrap this up with a very interesting player. And he's got to be one of the few players that I've seen be played in game across this like spread of positions. He is Dalton Varsho. He has eight defense for catcher, three defense for left field, two defense for center field, three defense for right field. And I'm almost positive. I've seen him in all four of those positions at some point in the games I played against him. He has plus three clutch, uh, 21 base running, 20 stealing 11 on base Six outs, doubles at 16, homers at 20, and is 390 points. The more I see his card, the more I'm intrigued by him. And like I said, I it makes sense why so many people used him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can get better pure hitters for that price. But, and that's kind of what generally turned me off of him, just because I didn't, usually need all of the other stuff that he provides but you know he enables you to platoon a catcher with an outfielder which is kind of amazing uh he has a pretty solid chart and that plus three clutch means you can use him kind of like we were talking about Ty france where like He's probably not one of your best hitters, and when he's three hundred and ninety points, that's a little much. Like if you're relying on Dalton Varsho to be your best hitter, you're probably going to struggle a little bit offensively. With like, like he's like he's a good hitter, but not great. So again, he's probably like your five hitter, and he's a very good five hitter, but it means. You know, but you get him because he fulfills all of these other things that you could use. And he does all those things really well. There's a ton of fun options you can do when you're platooning catcher. Like, you know, I know you love the hedges uh, Kinzer platoon, and that's great. If you wanted, you could run a hedges Owen Miller platoon. You could run kind of whatever you want. And so that's the sort of thing that makes Varsho really interesting. But, um, yeah, like there's a lot to love there. He's just, you know, he's, you're going to pay more than you get from him in raw hitting stats. You just need to use everything else and everything else is really fun to use.
0: Yeah. I don't know why I didn't pick up on him more when I was building my roster. I think it was partially because 390 for what I was doing was a little on the high side. Um, But I do, I think you mentioned this earlier with, I think it was Tyler Wade and having the ability to cross position platoon someone, I think, especially with the current set we have, like might be your best option. Um, So yeah, I think he's a lot more interesting now uh, to me than what he was before. Cause yeah, like, like if he didn't have the positive clutch, like if he had like negative one or negative two clutch, right? Like he would probably be what 340, 330 points or something like that. And like at that point, then you're really excited about him, right? Like then you're like, Oh wow. Like, okay. He has a lot you like about him. Um, So yeah, I, 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 he might, he, I think he's, he's one of the few guys on this list that will probably end up on my short list uh, to keep in mind for upcoming leagues. All right, Paul, that was, that was a lot. We got through all the positions, talked about all of the highly rostered players in this league. I'm not sure how many more I would use, right? Like some of them are pretty obvious just in terms of like how expensive they are. And like, they're obviously like the most elite, but it was definitely interesting to see um, kind of the mid tier to low tier guys to see which ones kind of rose up to the, the cream of the crop to where, uh, you know, 24 guys for various reasons and various stadiums decided to use them. So I think uh, maybe next episode we will look at the most rostered pitchers and see if we get any other interesting insights.
1: I'm ready for it. Let's do it.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Paul. Until next time, enjoy playing Clutch.